0: I was in overnight, but I had nothing with me because I was rushed in in an an ambulance. And I woke up from the theatre and, God, I just wanted to brush my teeth. You know, my hair was matted. I just wanted to feel and almost, like, take control of just, like, God, I I feel feel awful emotionally.
1: I just want to brush my hair. I want to feel a bit better. That's today's guest, Louise, whose company Cradle makes comfort bags for you to have in hospital if you're there, sadly, due to pregnancy loss. She'll talk about her own experience and how the bags are helping give a bit of comfort to men and women finding themselves in this really sad place in hospital. She also offers advice on where you can gain support and counselling as well. If this episode isn't quite what you're looking for right now, we totally get it and won't be offended. There's lots more that you can listen to from previous Fertility Podcast episodes. If you're staying with us, we really hope you find this useful. Kate, do you think that whilst people are in lockdown, they'll be brave enough to do more things like home testing? I think
2: being in lockdown is an ideal time to do more home testing because... When you're in lockdown, you're kind of in limbo. You don't really have the opportunity to do very much. But actually, what you can do with home testing is find out so much about your fertility and whether you need to start making some
1: changes to lifestyle. And that's why we're really chuffed to have Medichex sponsoring the Fertility Podcast. Because whether you're trying to get healthy before getting pregnant or investigating why you've not been getting pregnant, Medichex has a range of simple home blood tests developed with Kate to help you. Visit Medichex.com to find out more. This series from the Fertility Podcast is talking about miscarriage. With staggering numbers of people affected daily by this, there's still a silence around it, feelings of shame. Along with the grief, there is the physical impact of loss, and we wanted to explore this further over the coming weeks, with a number of conversations from experts, as well as people who have been through it. Unfortunately, there are so many
2: reasons why miscarriage happens, whether it be genetic or placenta problems infection or long-term health conditions you may suffer from or sometimes we just don't know we hope that by talking about it in this way you will know that there is support and guidance available for you from groups experts and
1: organizations to find out more about the support available visit the fertilitypodcast.com forward slash miscarriage where there will be listings to the range of organizations available as well as all of these episodes Welcome to another Meet the Makers episode of the Fertility Podcast. This is where we try to highlight the good that comes out of the bad, I suppose. And as our next guest actually so amazingly said, the purpose from the pain, we're going to be speaking to Louise Zenyu, who has created something called Cradle. And Kate, did you find Louise?
2: I did. did. I found her on LinkedIn. Yes. And was just like, oh, really interested in, in this. I've not heard about it. I thought this sounds really innovative. She was obviously doing a lot of work with hospitals and other organisations. I thought this is something that we
1: need to find out a bit more about. So Louise will explain but in essence having gone through her own pregnancy loss she has created this brilliant care package, a comfort bag that men and women get in hospital that moment where it all goes wrong and they they need a toothbrush or a hairbrush. So here she is to tell us more about what she's doing.
0: In 2015, I got married in the January and we wanted to try for a baby very quickly. I think I was like 34, 35. You know, I knew I wanted a baby. And I'd had a coil for 10 years, So of course I went to the appointment to have my coil removed. And then I had a six week period, which I thought was a period and actually it wasn't. I must've got pregnant within two days of having the coil out. And it wasn't, it was an ectopic pregnancy. My husband, said to me, you're not well. And I was like, I'm fine, there's nothing wrong with me at all. You know, he said to me, I think you need to phone 111 or we need to go to a hospital. I was like, no, I'm fine. So I phoned 111 to appease him. And they said, you know, go down to your GP on call centre because you've got bleeding. and Anyway, so went there, had an assessment, and they said, you're pregnant. I was shocked. I don't know why I was shocked. (laughs) It's almost like I couldn't believe my body had actually worked in the way that I wanted it to, but I knew very quickly, obviously, that it wasn't going to be okay. Fast forward three weeks with lots of blood tests and everything, and I was home alone on the sofa, and I collapsed, and I stood up, and I collapsed, and I stood up, and I collapsed. And I remember panicking and this feeling that... Genuinely, I thought I was gonna die. I was on my own. How in the scary. Apartment. Mm. It was horrendous. It was like a scene out of an awful movie because in my mind, I needed to find my mobile phone to, to call the ambulance. My phone was on charge in another room. And every time I fell over, I'd have to you know, regain consciousness and, and stand up. And then I remember getting my phone and literally just as I picked it up, I, I almost cla- have collapsed again. And then I woke up on the floor and I could just see my phone had slid right under the bed. So it was awful, but I'm, I'm telling you this because this is part of the trauma of ectopic pregnancy. It's not just pregnancy loss. It's the way that you lose your baby and the, the, the thoughts and feelings that lead up before Reef and you get medical care. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to get my phone, unlock the front door and I'm not going to die. So managed to do that. Ambulance came. Four hours later, You know, emergency operation removed. My baby was trapped in my left fallopian tube. So I had the baby removed with the tube and came round and had fantastic care the care I received at Ormsgate Hospital was absolutely first class the compassion of everybody that looked after me was brilliant very 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 happy with with the care I was in overnight but I had nothing with me because I was rushed in in an, in an ambulance and I woke up from the theatre and god I just wanted to brush my teeth I, you know my hair was matted and I just wanted to feel and almost like take control of just like god i awful emotionally I just want to brush my hair I want to feel a bit better Mm. but I didn't want the husband to leave me so I didn't let him leave me so I didn't have anything with me so that's why we've started the comfort bag project so that in those moments those early moments of early pregnancy loss particularly when you've had medical or surgical management we give women I'm men now because we do men's comfort bags as well we give anybody who's there in those moments the opportunity to have dignity and just a little bit of comfort but the most important thing in that bag, you know, because it the bags are beautiful. They are absolutely amazing. They're filled with so many toiletries. We're so lucky that, for example, Lush worked with us, so Lush, the Bath Bomb Company nationally donate products to all of our bags up and down the country i think we've had hundreds we're in in thousands now we've had thousands of products from them but the most important thing in the bag is the letter it's the letter that i wrote so obviously it's a printed letter it's a leaflet and it's dear friend dear friends you know you are not alone we have been there you know we understand how you're feeling everything you feel and whatever you don't feel is normal you know if and when you are ready if you ever need us we are here to support you you know find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, here's our groups. You know, here's my email address because some people will not be on social media. Some people can't bear to be on social media during, you know, pregnancy loss or infertility. So the idea is, is that my objective is that before women and families are discharged from the NHS, that they will have our leaflet. They are signposted as part of the discharge process. So, that they can access the peer support that we provide. But also, once somebody contacts me, I will then understand where they live locally, and then we will signpost to their local community in terms of support groups, you know, be it to the Miscarriage Association or be it to um, SANS, for example. Anywhere that there is pregnancy loss, baby loss support, we will make sure that people can find those avenues.
2: That's the reason behind it, really, and why, why we're doing what we're doing. That sounds like an amazing resource that women have just at the time that they really need it what I'm also interested in asking you about is I've seen on your Instagram some lovely photos of you visiting different hospitals different organizations tell me a bit more about how do you support those organizations
0: okay so it all started I mean if I'm honest with you Cradle actually began as a project called My Eptopic Pregnancy and it was only ever meant to be me Louise not an organisation, actually not even my topic pregnancy. It was only ever meant to be me giving 10 bags to Ormskirk as a resource for Ormskirk, for the gynecology ward, to take the pressure off the nurses. I put it on social media locally and said, you know, I'd like to you know, raise funds for 10 bags so that I can just give them to, to gynecology. And then very quickly, I think it was a Sunday morning, I put it on Instagram. And I think about seven women contacted me saying, oh, I'd like to join the project or... Can't quite think. I remember thinking this is really odd. I, 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 I'm not looking for people. I just need like ten shampoos. <laughs> it was literally that basic. And very quickly I realised that actually, why would I take ten shampoos from a lady in Cornwall for my skirt bags? Why don't we set it up so that she can do that for her local or chosen hospital? So, what happened is, is that as women were contacting me, I was almost saying, well, this is how I've done it at Ormskirk. You know, I can help you do it at your at your chosen site. And then it very, very quickly turned into, we had the bags, we had the toiletries. And then what we do is we go into the hospital. So you'll see on Instagram, there are different ways that we do it. Say, for example, if a lady contacts me in Manchester and says that she would like to work with a, her local hospital, for example, Stepping Hill, mm-hmm. we, I, we as an organisation, will make the relationship with Stepping Hill if we haven't got it already, introduce the ambassador explain the concept that we have you know an nhs trust has never ever said no to us in fact the nhs is now asking for our support and they're asking for the service so it's we're now actually trying to um supply the demand which is to help the healthcare professionals and take almost like not the pressure off them but just support the continuity of bereavement care that they're trying Mm, to roll out obviously we've got the guidelines now of national bereavement care Mm -hmm. pathway i think it's great that There is within the um, MBCP, there room. that says that, you know, the NHS do need to work with small individual organisations or charities. So we are being welcomed into that space. So all of the photos you see on social media are us going into the NHS, donating the bags, working with the gynaecology teams, working with the early loss teams. Meeting their needs, asking the questions, you know, what do you need from our service? Because the thing is, is that, for example, the service we provide at Liverpool Women's is very different to the service we provide at Ormskirk because Liverpool Women's is such a well-established setup with the honeysuckle suite, which is fantastic, Uh, you know, but Ormskirk, you know, i work with their bereavement team and we're building on those services and we're you know we're putting a lot of resource into it we don't advise on policy but we give our opinion as bereaved parents in terms of what our experience was and what we think will work best and in the interest of parents going through any type of baby loss really.
1: I just want to talk a bit Louise about that kind of education piece once you're in the different kind of trusts and different hospitals because it's amazing what you're doing and that it's going nationally but in some of the conversations that we've been having with women suffering miscarriages going through ectopic pregnancies the bedside manner isn't always what we hope it will be because of the pressure that maybe staff are under Mm. and I just wonder how that's going you know in that yeah in, in that work
0: it's interesting so when I was discharged when I had my care and I was discharged from hospital the best way that I can describe it is that the care was phenomenal but the environment that I was treated it was on a gynecology ward I don't think there was anywhere any reflection of baby loss I'm confident that the way I left the hospital was in terms of the emotional understanding of what had happened was probably very similar to having my appendix out that's no reflection on the NHS it's no reflection on the staff it's about I wasn't given almost the license to even think god I, my, my baby was growing and my, you know, almost like, you know, my body couldn't catch up with it. You know, I didn't leave there feeling that, my God, my, my baby's dead. I'm not going to take my baby home. The great thing is, is that if you look within the NHS now, is that the NHS are now providing so many study days for their early pregnancy loss staff where they can share case studies, learn from each other. And they're always inviting parents to speak it these days. So, for example, I recently spoke at the Manchester Early pregnancy loss study day, and that's actually where I first presented Cradle to a room of gynecologists, nurses, junior doctors, um, sonographers. and sonographers. The feedback we had from that uh, the following day was really, really good, and it gave us enough encouragement to know that the NHS do need our services, they do want us in their trusts. So we started with just, with just me in Ormskirk, I've now got a team of 73 volunteer <gasps> ambassadors. That's amazing. Um, all of us have experienced early pregnancy loss, including chemical pregnancy, pregnancy of unknown location, miscarriages, missed miscarriage. We've got a number of ladies that have had obviously difficult decisions to make where they've experienced termination, compassionate induction due to medical reasons where their children wouldn't have survived you know, after birth. That's not an exclusive list, obviously, we are aware of other types of early pregnancy loss, for example, molar pregnancy, um, and obviously ladies that perhaps have had a diagnosis of cancer and obviously had to terminate. There are so many different types of loss, but we're all brought together. You know, we are a family now, and I knew within a, within a month how big Cradle was going to get and how big it is going to get, and sort of, I sort of set out my stall in terms of my own objectives. And my objective was particularly to be on site in the NHS. So I'm really, really pleased to say now that we've had confirmation that we now, Cradle will be on site at Ormskirk Hospital as a service provision, which means that I will be on site two days a week. They've got me a desk. I'm working towards a corner office. I'm not going to lie,
1: but that could be a few years. I love that you're talking about a place that's got you a desk. Considering you're sat on the floor outside a loo in Pret doing this podcast. I know, I know. I mean,
0: I don't. Yeah, don't don't let the NHS know that because they won't give. They'll take my desk. One day. <laughs> no, they'll no. have me. Um, in
1: like the, we've heard, in, you're happy on the floor.
0: I know. Literally, they'll have me in the toilets downstairs. But um, but no, but. The great thing is, and, you know, the proposition that we've given to Ormskirk is because I I work with their bereavement team anyway. So I work in collaboration with somebody from their mortuary, neonatal, gynaecology, their bereavement midwife. And we work together to really look at as a hospital how we can almost bring continuity right across the trust in terms of, you know, if the experience you have on labour ward in a bereavement suite should mirror the experience you have on a gynaecology ward. I'm so excited to say that the gynae ward has just been remodelled There is a bereavement room in the gynae ward. There's a bed for partner, so dad or same-sex partner or companion. And we're plugging a lot of our resources into making that room, you know, for... I mean, the losses are up to 16 weeks in there. And it's going to be, you know, a very, very difficult time. A memory-making environment, we will have our bags in there. We'll make sure that our... Because we collaborate a lot with Aching Arms, with 4Lewis, with lots of smaller independent charities... And me personally, I make sure that I bring all of those other charities into whatever I'm working on to make sure that all of those things are available to bereaved parents if they want them. We don't push these things on them, but we make sure that they are there, really. But with the on-site work, so what it means is is that every Friday and every other Monday, I will be on-site in the NHS. The staff will be able to pop down and see me if they need a coffee, if they need to run through any case studies. But more importantly, you know, we're there. So Friday is the Gynae Theatre list. And it means that I can be there if any of the parents want to talk to me at their bedside for a couple of minutes or if they want to meet me, they're very welcome to. I'm not a counsellor. I work in business development. I was just about um, to I ask just, about yeah. the kind of duty
1: of care side, because mm-hmm. it's definitely something yeah. that in in my work doing this podcast, I'm a former patient like you. And mm. as the podcast has grown and people have reached out more, there is that feeling that you want to do as much as you can but obviously what you're talking about is signposting people on to the people that are qualified aren't you so
0: currently so at the moment i signpost to so if we look at my particular hospital i signpost to there's an amazing organization called lighthouses therapy services who offer funded therapy during their baby loss weekends. It's 16 hours therapy, so um, they're fantastic. I did the retreat myself, it hugely helped me. And so we make sure that we signpost any of our parents or grandparents to lighthouses. And then we're very fortunate in the Northwest, there's a lot of counseling services with very short waiting lists, which are funded or for, for a small donation. So I'm able to really signpost very quickly parents from Ormskirk and Southport into those areas and there's a huge amount of help where we are.
1: Well, what we'll do is we'll put links, of course, to you on the show notes and we'll make sure people have got your details and best of luck with what happens yes. next. It thank it, you. It, Like you say, thank I mean, you. it's just skyrocketed because of the need for it and I think it's amazing and I'm sorry that something you know, so sad, led to something so great. But that's what our Meet the Makers series is all about. It's highlighting yeah, people that have done something as a result of something awful, something amazing has yeah. come out of it.
0: We class it, I mean, the Lighthouse Therapy Services, they class it as putting pain to purpose. And I think, you know, as much as it was the worst time of my life, that I actually, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it now. I don't believe potentially that everything happens for a reason, but for me, it's brought me to this and it's brought me all of these amazing people that I'm very lucky to call family. And and it's, you know, I've met so many people doing this job and talking to you guys as well. So thank you so much for being interested. And, you know, we'd love to talk to you again next year so that you can see in terms of the growth and, and what's going to happen. We have um, massive, love massive plans. So um, you know, it'd be great to see, see if they all happen, really.
2: Great. Well, I really, we really hope that the model that you start in your local hospital is rolled out to other hospitals because it sounds amazing and just what women need. Really? So, well done yeah. for I, getting it to as far as you've got it. Oh,
0: thank you so much. I must say, you know, the, the the everybody that works on Cradle brings Cradle to life. This is not me. You know, the people on the ground, the, every single ambassador that joins us on a on a daily basis now they do the hard work and they and the beautiful thing is is that every cradle service looks different in each and every NHS trust because it's driven by Different people with different personalities, with different experiences, and different reasons for doing what they're doing. So,
1: and so, Louise, if people are listening and they want to do what you said the lady in Cornwall, you know, when you first put the Mm. post up on Insta wants to get in touch, they can do that too and and get your support in setting it where they are. Great, absolutely. So, we anticipate that we're going to grow to about
0: 200 ambassadors by this time next year. So, if anybody would like to take Cradle to their chosen hospital, if there's a hospital or a site that's close to somebody's heart, they can contact me on Facebook on Messenger, on Instagram, or on Twitter, and uh, we can send them information. Um, We actually run the back office of Cradle at the moment, funnily enough, on Facebook. So we've got our groups on there, and it's all sort of, it's it's running quite smoothly at the moment, but we are putting in place now, infrastructure. Our our main goal, to be honest with you, we're we're actually looking now at our in-house counselling service, so that's what we're going to be looking at for next year. So we've already got a team of counsellors that are actually cradle ambassadors. They're all studying and by next year they'll be qualified and then we will be funding their services in the NHS. So that's that's the overall plan, to be able to offer an in-house counselling function on site. On the day that somebody leaves hospital, so at least then they know who their counsellor will be. That's Brilliant. our ultimate goal, really. Great.
1: it's really exciting. Well, look, best of luck with it all. We will keep nice. in touch. We'll put all your details so and can get in touch with you as well. Thank you for talking to us, and you better get out of that loo. Go and get I yourself think. a go and get yourself a brew. I'm
0: gonna go get a coffee. Yeah, do it <laughs> yeah. Shut. Thanks a lot. All right. Oh, thank you so much. Lovely to Thanks.
1: speak to Thanks, you, Louise. Thank you. Bye. 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 Wow, that
2: is a lady on a mission, isn't it? 100%. And not only that, how dedicated is she talking to
1: us outside a toilet in in a coffee shop? God love her. (laughs) Oh, and we'll share that picture. Thank you, Louise, so much. And as she was saying, you know, she, she is running a business alongside the work she's doing for Cradle. But massive ambitions. And we'll put all the details in the show notes. If what she said has struck a chord with you, and like Louise said, if there's a hospital near you that's close to your heart and you would like to... Support them with these comfort bags, then check out the show notes for this episode with all her details and do get in touch. As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate and review the podcast in your favourite podcast app and get in touch. You can follow me at Fertility Poddy and me at Your Fertility Journey. And if you are also a maker, you're someone who has been through something on your journey to parenthood whether you've had success or not but it has as a result created you to create something else to make something different that you want to do to help others we'd love to hear from you you can email us info at thefertilitypodcast.com thank you as always for your support and until the next time